Welcome to the Force Cancer Charity Podcast with all the latest from the team that offers support for anyone locally affected by cancer. My name is Jerry Gillespie, one of the oncology support specialists here today. And we're here today to chat to Phil about your diagnosis of cancer, what's happened over the last sort of period of time for you and how you come to be involved with Force. So can you briefly tell us what happened when you were first diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, probably about nearly three years ago now. Uh, it came out through a routine um, company medical that I was required to have as being uh, someone in their early 50s, and I've been with the company a certain number of years. Um, I'd had a, a sort of well-man checkup a few years before and uh, gave a response. I didn't really feel it was necessary, felt okay. Um, but they, I think for their, their insurance purposes, they said, you know, you need to have this. And, uh, that, those, that test, uh, brought up a, a whole range of tests, but they brought a slight raised possibility of, uh, raised levels of PSA, um, that might indicate, uh, uh, prostate cancer. And that started me on a sort of journey of, 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 sort of, um, diagnosis and testing to see if that was the case. Um, I was enrolled with, um, through my GP with the RDE here in Exeter, uh, the urology team. And I think the process went, uh, more blood tests, rule out urinary infections, um, then an MRI scan that was inconclusive, but well, gave further indication that it might be the case, but not, not wasn't conclusive. And then a, a biopsy, which has its own inherent risks, which is, um, yeah, process that I was talked talk through, and then that resulted in, um, in an absolute diagnosis of, of prostate cancer. So what, what were your thoughts and feelings then? Because that must have been such a shock, although I guess during the test they probably indicated that what they were looking for, did they? Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, it came out of the blue, and the whole, the whole uh, process was, was, was completely alien to me. So you yeah. felt you felt you were on a journey that you didn't know where you were going. Um, really and obviously, right. sometimes you, you, you sort of think you feel quite bullish about things and say, well, you know, I'm sure they'll rule out this, that, and the other, and it'll be okay. Other times you, you know, if you're feeling a bit low, you start to, your mind starts to wonder about, you know, all the things you have planned and what's it, what's it going to mean for me. Um, yeah, so it's, it was, uh, by definition, they, they were very clinical about what they did. And it was, you know, brilliant science and, mm. uh, and I felt, you know, in very good hands in that way. But uh, so, what happened to you emotionally when you heard that word? You got prostate cancer. Um, shock, really. Yeah, I think I think I talked myself out of it. I think the process of testing, um, not 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 extraordinarily so, it wasn't wasn't protracted by any any great things. You know, you have a test, you wait for results, and then you wait for consultation, then you wait for further appointments. So it wasn't it was quite a protracted process, but but recognizably so. Um, yeah, the final, it was, it was a shock. Yeah, it was a, um, my wife was with me at the time and it was a very short, um, pretty short, sharp, uh, consultation really. It wasn't, uh, I felt I crossed the line. Personally, I felt I crossed the line that I felt completely, um, out by death. Yeah, it must have been really scary. It was scary, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. Yeah, it, 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 it's, not, it's 
a lot of exaggerations say it changed, yeah, day that day sort of changed everything. Yeah, so you sort of go in one person, you come out the same person, but everything has changed, you know. Yeah. It's the uncertainty and the, the unknown, isn't it? Just what you said. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in, the, in the time during that process, you sort of read up on things, you talk to people, um, but nothing prepares you for hearing what's going to. So you felt that the the NHS, the doctors, the nurses were on on the ball, sort of thing. You know, they knew what they were doing, and you know, the science is there, as you say. But actually, emotionally, it was a huge impact as well, isn't there, on you and the family, I guess. Vast, yeah, more than uh, to this day, I've never really felt any, any physical symptoms. Um, that yeah, from from the actual cancer itself, yeah. um, which, is, which is extraordinary. Um, Felt discomfort from a lot of things that happened, but uh, emotionally, yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's like a, a hyper realism. Just everything felt every every emotion felt exaggerated, good and bad. You know, I just felt um, yeah, it's a changed person. As I say, yeah, I had absolute confidence in the in the clinical path I was on, and um, yeah, some, some very brilliant people and some very dedicated people, but it felt. I think, I think it was someone in, it was lucky my wife was there because I, I was a bit of a, I took my notebook, didn't write a single note down. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she was asking questions on my behalf. And someone there mentioned, you know, if you want to talk that through, that force her on the campus and, uh, you know, make an appointment to see them. And, uh, I think, I didn't think of third now. I can't remember. It was, it was bewildering. But, uh, so it's interesting, I think a lot of men find it quite difficult to talk about their feelings and, you know, they've got to get on with it, you know, the doctors will fix it and I'll stiff up the lips sort of thing, isn't it, for a, for a lot of men, really. And I think to take that decision to actually get support was probably huge for you, but obviously something that you felt that you needed. Yeah, it, it felt like I needed a... a I needed a lifeline, I needed, I needed a, a resource that I could tap into, something that, you know, was, was going to sort of put an arm around. So coming into the centre for the first time, I guess it's, I often think when I go out to meet, you know, somebody coming in, how nerve-wracking it is, because often people have not been to talk to anybody about anything like this, really. So I think that first session is always a bit nerve-wracking, isn't it? Very much so. I think I, I, think I had a telephone consultation first, um, with the centre, and they talked about um, complementary treatments, uh, a counselling session, and um, sort of physio, light physio type, type of work. And um, I think I've been past the fourth centre, you know, ever since I've been here, probably, and just thought it's a, it's, it's a lovely building, it's, it's a nice bit of greenery, and it is, it is like an oasis on the uh, RDE campus, you know, it's, um, it does, it, does look different and it certainly felt different the minute you walk in um, from a very sort of sterile atmosphere and environment across across the way there. Um, very welcoming. Um, so instantly put at ease. And I think I was given a you know an option to you know, try these um, treatments or, or, or sessions and see what works for you. Um, and uh, yeah I embraced that. It, it felt felt like a you know a good space to be in. So did you have complementary therapies? Yes, uh, and, and, and um, some, some massage. And I, I spoke with the, um, the physio team 
for prostate cancer, I'm a relatively young, it's, one, it's the only area of my life where I'm a relatively young man. So in my early 50s to be diagnosed was, um, you know, I was relatively healthy apart from that. So um, the physio wasn't really, you know, I was quite active. So that was, that, I kept that, maintained that. Um, yeah, I found real solace in the, in the counselling. Chances walk. So how how do you feel it helped you? What was it that that it gave you to enable you to sort of claim? Um, initially, it gave me a space to be to feel quite selfish, just to be totally dedicated on myself. Um, so that's okay. I think it's huge, isn't it? That any sort of uh, when you come and you have time to reflect, all the support systems and all the other things that sort of go by the board being left on your own, you think, well, what's going on for me? Yeah. And I think in that moment it can be really difficult because mm. I think the enormity of what you've been through suddenly hits you, doesn't it? It does. I think, yeah, I mean, I think I, I always approach the sessions thinking, I'm not sure I've got much to say today, but. It would always be cut short with me in full, you know, not, not cut short, but it would always be, you know, time, time is coming to a sort of an end. And, uh, yeah, I found it a space that I could say things, sometimes quite horrible things that I couldn't say to anybody else. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we learn to protect, either we protect others or we protect ourselves. So we have this little area of ourselves, which is ours. And then we don't want to tell family because they're too close to us to the burden. And they can be really black thoughts, can't they? Really difficult thoughts. Absolutely. And, and if we keep them locked up, they're just there. And sometimes they'll come through in all sorts of different ways. But actually, if we have a dedicated space to reflect, it's enormous. But it actually helps you to manage some of those thoughts and feelings. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't bear to think what it would be like if I just kept those thoughts to myself or let them multiply and sort of manifest themselves. So it was it was yeah, it was it was at the time and, and certainly on reflection it was it was hugely important to me. Hugely How do you feel it helped you? Um I think it it gave me a, a sense of perspective, a, a sense of um almost coming up with my own coping mechanisms for how I was feeding. Um it sort of allowed me to so you have that, that, that space that I didn't feel judged or, or um, other people's reactions are, are quite, uh, anyone going through that will find the reactions of the people are very varied. So you know, people's pity, people's indifference, everything affects you. So, um, it's that heightened awareness. Heightened awareness, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes we, we put on different masks for different people, don't we? So we, we can be really, you know, one side of us can really be free and easy and able mm. with somebody, but another person, oh, I can't, I'm not going to sell Max, I know they're going to do this. Or, so we're constantly thinking which, which face do we put on today, which, so to actually find a space where you can take the mask off and just be yourself, be vulnerable, mm. which is what I think a lot of men find difficult because we, we want to be strong, we want to be strong for our family, we want to set things up for, for them and, and be okay. So we try and soldier on our own sometimes. So I think sometimes just having that space to let go and actually find out what's going on there, put strategies in place to cope with that and actually understand what's going on is huge. That's, that's exactly what it was like. But 
you know, I probably hadn't ever thought about having that sort of, those sort of discussions with a with a professional. But once I, you know, in the first minute, I felt very comfortable with the whole process. To say I'm, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity. It also gave me the space from very early days that you don't have to be brave, you don't have to be yeah. courageous. You know, you can be scared times, yeah, vulnerable, scared. And I think that's part of it, isn't it? And if somebody can go with you into that space, it doesn't take away the scarcity. But it, having somebody sit with you in that space is, yes. is incredibly important sometimes, I think. So, coming through that, I hear you're a keen cyclist. Yes, I always have been. Well, yeah, I always have been. And then, um, sort of get to that age where children are less of a, less of a demand at weekends and, and evenings. So, took up, um, sort of road cycling in a more serious way, um, joined the club, um, the Beers, Gears and Engineers Club in Exeter, who are, I've always been big supporters of force. That's, you know, it's funny because the cycle jersey I've, I've worn for years has the Force logo on it, and they've always, and I don't, I don't know, they've always um, supported the organisation here. Um, yeah, and, and one of the unfortunate things about prostate cancer is that cycling's not really a recommended uh, um, activity, so yeah. that had to uh, come to come to a halt. Um, and yeah, I, it, it was nice to get that. Post-op, post-operation, um, post we'll literally get back in the saddle. And, and I, I needed some focus, so that's when I, I chose to sort of set myself the challenge of, of doing the Nello. Um, and really, I didn't think I'd been on a bike for two and a half, maybe three years, probably two and a half years, probably. Um, it, uh, I needed something to focus on, so that gave me the focus, and I thought at the same time, if I can support force and what they do, but at the same time, best best I can, I will do so basically. So did you do the big one? You did the... I did, and unfortunately, because the event was cancelled um, due to the COVID restrictions, um, I was determined to do it exactly on, on the day it would have been, um, okay. and it's quite strange because there's no way I could have got through what done, what's happened to me in the last few years without, without people supporting me and helping me, but it sort of became... A bit of a fixation that I wanted to to sort of do it on myself, do it myself, yeah. um, and so uh, yeah, I, I completed it. Um, I set off very early because I didn't want to be out at all hours of the evening, and the weather was was fairly biblical, and the forecast was getting worse and worse during yeah. the day, and it was um, yeah some of the worst weather I've ever been on the bike in really. Fit me up on on Exmoor, um, the wind, the rain, the um, the fog, you can hardly see where you're going. So going downhill was worse than going up because you just, you know, the roads were so wet and slippery. So it was, it became a, I always had that sort of inner monologue in my head that sort of talks to you and talks you through things. It became sort of almost like a, a sort of Hollywood film of a, a sort of one man against the elements and yeah. animals running out in front of you. That's, and it's, it was that isolation, probably the most isolated that I've probably ever been. Because I, you know, I was determined to do it, whatever happens. Yeah. Um, and I felt sometimes I thought I may maybe a bit foolhardy because we weren't quite quite exposed up there. But um, and I didn't see a single person for 
I think it was 65 miles before I saw another person that wasn't in the car. I saw the other car, but there's no dog walkers, no cyclists, yeah, yeah. no people. I had set off early. Um, and then my wife met me at, um, because it was cancelled, there was no there's no marshals, no food station. So my wife met me at Retro, met me at um, South Moulton, and that was that was emotional. Um, fresh um, bag of jelly babies and a hot flask of tea, and um, yeah, the return return leg really through through the valley was was yeah, much much less uh, much more yeah, um, benevolent, um, but very yeah and. and when I got to Topsham Rugby Club, Rachel arranged about 10 of our friends to be there, which yeah, was fantastic. Gosh, that's really powerful. Yeah, big release of emotion. Yeah. When I cycled back home, which is about another four or five miles home, uh, I said I wanted to just get my thoughts together. And uh, yeah, about, about five minutes from home, a little girl on a, on a pink unicorn bike really took me out on the canal. Towpath, so that was, uh, I think I was just very, I was at the limit of my uh, sort of endurance, endurance yeah. and uh, wasn't, I was constant, but I wasn't really reacting very well. So that was interesting. That would have been a, that would have been a kick in, uh, sort of kick somewhere. Um, that is what, what uh, felled me. Um, yeah, really, yeah, hugely positive experience and, and you know, amazingly supported. Um, the total raise was over £5,000, which is, you know, yeah, very humbling. I think it's humbling for us to hear that because we, we're here to walk alongside that person who comes through the door with a vulnerable, frightened, um, a bit out of control. The unknown, I think, is huge, what you say. But then to see people who've been through and received some support and then want to give something back enables that support to be carried on for other people who are yet to come through the door. And I think that's what makes us local but it makes us unique in a way it is that personal people have been touched personally by by how thoughts have gone along besides even your most vulnerable moments i guess but then you're willing to actually take a mantle to enable that to happen for somebody else and i think i love that side of thoughts it really does make a difference yeah and um as you say, I mean, it's, it's a, a well-trodden path. I'm not the only person that's ever done it. You know, you, uh, yeah, once you, once you touched, um, force, you know, it stays with you. And, um, yes, it's hugely important to me. Yeah, so, uh, so with Heinrich, sort of reflecting over your journey of the last, you know, 18 months, years, how do you think it's changed you as a person? Um, it's made me more um, more confident in myself. That I, it's made me. Um, sorry, that's my answer. The words. It's given me a clarity of, of what's what's important, and that, that's you know, a bit of a cliche, but it, it does get rid of a lot of strenuous stuff that it, that seemed important but, but wasn't. Um, it's made me look at how I live my life. I'm definitely healthier during the process, during during the journey I had, and sort of post-op and post-recovery, I'm healthier than I was any time as an adult, really. You know, 
Um, and no one said to me, you know, you need to look at your lifestyle, but I just did, and, and that's been really beneficial. So um, that's given me sort of a focus and a purpose. It's, it's not a, I don't have a, I've got this, um, I haven't got this sort of burning zeal for, for, for to live my life every single day, but it, it's definitely given me a, it has changed the way I thought my life was going to go, um, what's important. And, and you talked about your wife and your family and your friends have been so supportive and that I think sounds really important it's that almost community that supportive environment and I think it helps us to, to value that sometimes Yeah. when you're up against the wall isn't it you're, you're, you're sort of looking at mortality looking at your whole life you're sort of reflecting on it and then when you come through it it sort of does change you as a person and it deepens your experience and it sounds really important for you just how those relationships are Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the support I had here, particularly the, the counselling, the talking, um, but to talk to someone, um, made it easier for, maybe easier around my friends and family. I think it would have been, would have been yeah. tough otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would have, uh, the elastic would have yeah. been very tight and snapped a lot more than it did. It's a real privilege to, to listen to you express it because I think for a lot of men we do want to lock things up in a box and, and just get on with it and there is that attitude. What would you say to somebody who might be facing similar things that you're facing? What would you say to them? I, I guess it is men, we're, we're not great at asking for help or we or support. We, we battle on often alone. So have you got sort of a message that you could give to anybody who might be facing similar yeah, absolutely seek, seek um, help with not just the physical things that you're about to go through and, the, and the, the scientific things you're about to go through or suffering from, but definitely seek some emotional, um, emotional well-being. Um, and if, if, you know, if, you, if you live in the area that force administers, then I can't recommend enough that you get in touch. Um, I have, because I've publicised what happened through the cycle ride. Um, I probably had three or four men contact me through LinkedIn or, or things or people I knew, you know, our, our paths had crossed in the past, but um, wouldn't say we were very close. Mm. And it'd be, uh, yeah, hello, God, I haven't heard from you for a while. Just, you know, how's it? Well, yeah, how's business? Well, uh, well it's not, that's not what I'm calling about. I've, I've been diagnosed or yeah. it looks like it's going to happen. And, um, you know, that's, they're, they're like I was the initial bit, you know, they're, they're full of science and the, what their mm-hmm. stats are and what, what uh, to me, I can't even remember what mine were because it's a moment. But the important thing is to, you know, seek that out. And, uh, it's a shame there's not, it doesn't seem to be, you know, such a well set up, uh, you know, support. Elsewhere in the you know, Bristol or, or Plymouth and further west, where you know, they, they don't seem to have that same, certainly not the connection between the clinical side and, and, the, and the, you know, the emotional well being side that, that Force provides here with the RDE on the same campus. Over the last few years, you've seen the thing like men in sheds, and there's lots of men's sort of support groups that were set up 
just to, to break through that sort of um, that boundary about just just wanting to do it on your own. Yeah. You don't have to do it on your own. There are bits, obviously, that you do have to do on your own, like when you're actually there with the surgeon, or, mm. you know, it's happening to you, but actually there's a lot that you can share to turn that gentle a little bit easier, I guess. Yes. And don't be frightened with that, I think, is, is the message that I will use. Yeah, it's a lot more frightening if you don't have that, I think. You know, yeah. I don't want to scare anybody who's thinking, you know, I, I want to do it my way. Um, but I, I thought I was... Yeah, reasonably strong. Um, didn't, yeah, didn't didn't really you know need to sort of talk about things, but um, it's changed me as a person. It has made me yeah. I've lost any uh, I'm no less of a man for it. You know, it's uh, in fact better for it for recognising it. Which is Thank you. It's been a real privilege just to spend some time with you. Hopefully, we can reach out to other people and and share your story but also in doing that we can enable other people to know to access the services so thank you thank you jerry thank you for uh watching to talk today and what force have done thanks for listening to the force cancer charity podcast if you need support from force call us on 01392 406 151 or send an email to support at forcecancercharity.co.uk You'll find more details on our website, forcecancercharity.co.uk.